Hello, Belinda. How are you? I'm great, Ben. How are you? Or should I say Power BI guy? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> that, can, that can confuse. When I'm at a conference or having a, a conversation with everyone who uses Power BI guy, I feel very self-conscious being referred to as a Power BI guy. It's like, we're all Power BI people here, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. I mean, it's the middle of the day for you, I'm sure. So yes. it's much appreciated. So uh, should we get oh, started? Oh, my pleasure. Tell us about you, who you are, and uh, for those who don't know. Yeah, so um, my story is not super exciting. So <laughs> I kind of fell backwards into implementing accounting software over 30 years ago. And so um, that was... Um, that was the beginning of technology for me. And, and actually kind of went before that because I was in college, I was working at a Holiday Inn and Holiday Inns at that point were just implementing computer systems internally for checking in and checking out. So um, I, I, you know, was part of that and I gravitate, you know, I picked it up very, very easily. I mean, mm -hmm. this was back when, you know, you, everyone's using diskettes and, you know, the floppies of, you know, five and a quarter. And so that was kind of how we ended up in, in technology. My husband, who is a big old nerd, was in a computer store <laughs> and he happened to talk to someone from Great Plains Software who was there visiting that needed installers. So mm -hmm. hence our journey began. And as soon as, you know, at that point, I was always really big on visualizations okay. for financial data, because we were working with financial data. And mm -hmm. I mean, we even had this financial package that we offered to hotels that showed them a visualization. It was, it was kind of like, um, you know, a two to three week later version of a Power BI report. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, we are Donald. Uh, Donald's one of my good friends. There's a lot of my Saturday morning buddies on here. I thought maybe, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess off Fernando, there's Kevin, uh, Donald. Um, Sean, um, you know, Alex Powers used to be, but he got too busy for us. So he, he dumped us. <laughs> you've, you've brought your entire fan club now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I've always gravitated toward that. So then when Crystal Reports came out, I jumped on it like crazy. And then even to the point that, it, you know, I, I was in Excel you know, as soon as Excel started having some real, really powerful things. Hmm. So I got involved in Power BI when it was actually a piece in SharePoint. And so it's like you used it in SharePoint online. That was Power BI. And it consisted of... Excel in a SharePoint. That's interesting. Yeah. So, well, it consists... It, you would take these Excel pieces and you would publish them to SharePoint mm -hmm. online. And they had like this dedicated space, kind mm -hmm. of like a, a you know, a, a SharePoint workspace. And this workspace was Power BI, ver, you know, that was version one. And then they, um, obviously in the background, they were frantically writing what we now know as Power BI. So sure. um, Microsoft, I was an MVP for Dynamics GP. Microsoft had bought Great Plains. And so I moved oh. over and they saw what I was doing. So they said, Hey, you belong with us, not them. So <laughs> I moved. And so, and they were, they were so right. So I still work with GP some, I work with its sister product, Business Central, some, um, but that's kind of how I got my start. And I have, um, I, I, I always say my remarkably specific, I'm going to tell it to you, but it doesn't sound quite so specific, but it is working with the power platform, predominantly power BI, 
um, predominantly in the SMB space, predominantly with GP and BC. So this is my this is my remarkably specific, and it is much more specific than it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But I tend to do much more financial and uh, financial application related tools that, and that might include sales information and manufacturing reports. But these are some of the things I do. Very cool. Yeah. That sounds. I mean, that is in no way to me a uh, uninteresting background story. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, cool. we just kind of um, initially we we just fell into everything and er- anything that intrigued us, we just kept going mm. and and working on. It took me. I just recently, in the last six months, finally convinced my husband to join the Power Platform train, and now he is all oh, excited goodness. about. Power BI. I was just telling Alex on the chat before I it started, that, yeah. we're going to SQL Saturday in Atlanta on the 25th of February. And Alex Powers and Patrick LeBlanc are doing again their um, the day after the dashboard in a day. And so my husband's going to that and I'm going to Reed Havens. These are the pre-con sessions. Mm, okay. He's doing one on basically a, a passion topic of mine. And the passion topic uh, it uh, to all my SML people and, and, and even Alex, they know what my passion is. It really is about um, a functionality of reports and user acceptance of reports, those end users. And these are typically people who, uh, who that's okay. These are typically people who I, I got sidetracked. I looks like uh, Fernando might be going to Atlanta too. If he is, that's super exciting. Um, yeah. So um, I need to quit looking at the chat for a moment. So because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting what I'm talking about, but anyhow, so this is, this is my journey and my passion really is about user acceptance. Hmm. Um, there's so many, I see so many people, with Microsoft having this idea, this concept of, um, you know, it's it's self-service software, right? Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. so much free content everywhere, and I'm part of the free content, and this is part of the free content. And thank you for doing this, by the way. Um, <laughs> as with all the free content, people get in and start working on it, um, and mm-hmm. yeah. miss so much of the big picture. And they also think that this is Power BI when the reality is it doesn't even fit on the screen. It's this. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand. So yeah. How, how do we get them to stay? Because I'm seeing people, like I heard a partner say to me, a Microsoft partner, you know, they tried to show it to some customers and they were like, customers were like, eh. And I'm like, oh, then you're you're not doing it right. <laughs> we gotta talk. We gotta talk. So, so many people think, oh, it's a report tool. So I'm gonna replace an age trial balance, an accounts mm-hmm. payable age trial balance in Power BI, and that's not what it's about at all. I mean, mm. if you want to put that there, and there's some information to be gleaned from it, great. But don't start with that. That's mm. not the lead story. Mm. You know, mm. it's like. It's like starting a newspaper and, and making your first newspaper become the obituaries. Nobody wants to read that, right? <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have something, you know, relevant and helpful. Absolutely. That's, yep. that's very cool. Um, I'm just gonna ask people in the chat, they've been saying that my microphone is very quiet, which I'm confused by. Is it still quiet? Because it should from my side be is relatively loud. So if someone can just give me some feedback on my microphone, that'd be much appreciated. 
It is yeah. a lot. It is a little louder than it was at the beginning. Okay. So I cranked up my my speaker so I could hear you better. That's so interesting. We'll see what so they... I apologize for any still. Okay, you know what? I'm going to crank it right up. I'm just going to do that, and then that should still be fine. Still quiet-ish. So, yes, Donald quiet. Parrish, Amtrak does go to Atlanta, if I am not mistaken. But it's not a parable case. Yeah. But I can yeah. be heard. This, this, this is, this is um, what I'm... As long as and, I can be heard. Yes, Sorry about that. Much better. Much better. Okay. And uh, to respond to Reed, yes, Reed, or to uh, Alex, Reed Haven is... Um, he called him a viz whiz. And he talking about different some of the different options. I'm so excited mm. to to hear what Reed has to say. So since we're going earlier, um, I thought, well, I might as well mm. go to something too. So I looked and I couldn't decide between. I wanted to go to all three. So I'm like, so. well, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> the other one is on um, Asher. Is it Data Lakes? I think it might be. Okay. And so, which I was like, oh, interesting. Mm. But I thought, no, I need to go to my passion topic, right? And get, get that looked at. Definitely. Yeah, there's always some, there's like there's two things side by side and you really kind of want to see both, but it's just not possible just to make that make that, that difficult decision, you know? Always the case. Always, always the, the case. case. Yeah, that you could go to a conference and the three things you really want to see are going to be offered back to back and against each other. I mean, you just know, <laughs> you know it's going to happen that way. It's, yeah. just, it's just life. To do it intentionally just to make you make these hard decisions, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to laugh about it, have, you know, good, <laughs> a good attitude and keep on exactly. going. Yeah. Um, I was just going, uh, going through all of your, your doing a bit of Googling of your name and stuff, of course, like, like I always do and finding the little bits and pieces. Um, I was very impressed to learn that you an 11 time MVP. Yeah. That is very impressive. <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah. I, a uh, GP started with GP and mm. um, and GP has a very tight knit community. Mm. And so now I feel like I have two families because now I've moved over into the power platform and the power BI family. And so um, I remember okay. at um, one conference. Um, oh my gosh, it was in Orlando. It was a dynamics community summit. I think it was the last one in person before the pandemic and okay yeah i was standing with a group of friends in from the gp space and they were asking me if i wanted to go to dinner with them and reza rad and layla came by and they said mm -hmm. hey belinda we're going to dinner do you want to go to dinner with us and i felt so like <laughs> oh <laughs> i felt like i was a child of divorced parents which one do i go with <laughs> So, so it, it just just life is just handing you the the, the the tough choices, right? Which conference to go to, which person to go with. It can be tough. It, it can be tough. So I'm and I'm I'm pretty much a, um you, you, I I'm not a, someone who goes out much. I I do enjoy going out to dinner with friends, but yeah. I think I probably stayed in um, at that at that choice. But that was a tough choice. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Is is being an MVP so often, does it feel a bit overwhelming, a bit tiring sometimes? Because if, you, if I go through the list of things that you do, I mean, I, I read it, I'm like, that is, that is a lot of stuff. That is very oppressive. Yeah. Is, do, do you, how is it, is, does it feel like you, how do you keep up that, that motivation to, to keep doing these things, you know? I mean, well, uh, um, 
usually it's people who just, you know, come and thank you for something. And um, I know so many of the people on, on the call, like Kristen Engel's on, he's an MVP. He Mm. hears this too. And, Mm. and Kevin Arnold, I mean, people thank you um, Mm. quite frequently. And that, Mm -hmm. that makes a big difference. One of the things I've been doing Oh, really? When I moved over to five years ago on my MVP to Power BI, I've been working mm-hmm. more on women in our diversity, all mm-hmm. kinds of diversity in the workspace. Um, I it was something I never had paid attention to, but now that mm-hmm. I'm doing more more work on that, and I'm seeing more and more women and more mm-hmm. and more people in who are who are diverse, uh, people of color and women mm-hmm. predominantly those those two areas, uh, but not exclusively those two. When one of them becomes certified or one of them gets, um, becomes an MVP, then that makes all the difference in the world to me. So that totally motivates me more and more. Um, It's also becomes very uh, addictive. (laughs) Um, Presenting becomes very, very addictive. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, Another person um, that on the call, like um, that is super a big reason, for example, that I do it and continue to do it is I have this great Rolodex file. And I know it ages Mm -hmm. me to say that, but a contact list is the better way to say it. (laughs) Um, Like being able to hang out with Alex Powers and talk to him and get his ideas and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just knowing him and I could, I could email him if I wanted to. And I feel relatively confident he would email me back. He's probably laughing right now going, Oh, no way, Belinda. But, um, <laughs> I feel relatively confident he would email me back, but being able to access people like this is, is, hmm. I don't know. It's, it's definitely motivating, cool. but, but a lot of it, a lot of it becomes addictive when I love doing hmm. training classes. So I do a lot of training for, um, in in my power in my MVP area that mm. uh, working with people of diversity predominantly as I mentioned and, yeah. and retraining uh, some nice. groups like TechFluent who is out of uh, Minneapolis that was a result a direct result of the whole um, George Floyd incident and really okay. trying to work with people we work mostly with immigrants and that has been unbelievably rewarding that kind of training and then the women's group i'm part of i'm one of five women who lead the power bi women's meetup group um also two microsoft employees kelly k and uh denisha malone and then two other people one an mvp for excel um jackie chiati and then um deborah jones out of canada who should be an mvp um we have almost 900 members in our group wow and we we provide sessions to them um, on average twice a month. And so it is a lot of work, but it's super rewarding when someone gets a better job or someone speaks up that you've never heard speak up before. So those are the things that you kind of get excited for. And part of it with me is that I mentioned I wasn't really aware of being, you know, a diverse person in the room. As well, much as I should have. I mean, I would look around and and still today I go to events where I'm the only woman in the room, but mm-hmm. I would look around and go, I'm I'm the only woman. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. think much about it. And 
Um, another MVP who is a dear friend of mine, Steve Indo, um, he's a Business Central MVP. We were at mm -hmm. the MVP summit and he asked me um, and another female, like, where are the women? And we're like, what do you mean? We're right here. We were having lunch with them. And we're like, we're right here. And he's like, no, at the conference. And I, I really started thinking, wow, there are mm -hmm. a lot of women who are missing from mm -hmm. this space. And then, um, and then Re Merritt uh, from Microsoft, um, I, she, we were both at a SQL Saturday, uh, Power BI SQL Saturday in Boston, and she was doing like the opening session and she was talking about diversity. And then she mm -hmm. brought up people of color and I looked around, I'm like, dang, there were missing everywhere. So that it was, it was those two people, Steve and Ree, and those two conversations that made me say, I should be doing something better. I shouldn't just be looking and go, oh, I'm the only one, or I'm mm -hmm. one of two. I should walk up to that too and just say, oh, are you enjoying this session? Or at least make them feel welcome. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think we all need to do that. And so those kinds of things have really led me into to focusing on them and, and talking about them. Uh, and that's a big part of my MVP, um, my MVP work is with them. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah, so there, that's my MVP goals. Uh, user adoption is my is my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So. Mm -hmm. But it's, I'm, it's it's nice that you brought that up because it's actually top of my list for for topics to discuss. Written there, Power BI women. What is mm -hmm. it? What it's about? But you've we've already touched on that. You've, you've, you've yeah. It's um, our Very big thing cool. is it's a safe space. It's for yeah. any female or anyone who identifies as a woman. Yeah. Um, we. It's very unfortunate we do not let men in, and I—they always leave it to me if some if a if a man or someone who identifies as a male uh, submits that they want to, um, they want to join our group, then they always leave it to me to write them and say, no, you can't join our group. <laughs> <laughs> but I explained to them, and um, you know, at first I thought, well, why do we let men join? I don't care if men join, hmm. but. Then at one meeting, because we always say this is a safe space. That was mm. that's the beginning of every meeting. This is a safe space. Say whatever you want. Um, I've actually heard women say as they speak up and talk, um, since this is a safe space or being a safe space, then I realized then there does need to be a place where they could have a voice because not everybody mm. was was um, raised the way I was raised that, mm. you know, what I had to say was important and I, you know, and not everyone for, for various reasons. And it, it's not a negative thing. So a lot of times it's a cultural thing. And so, um, and even if you were raised in your family, Oh, you have a voice, but out in public, mm -hmm. you know, culturally you, you need to not have a voice. So mm -hmm. um, I, I need to remember there are a lot of people like that. So, yes, yeah, yeah, so it's a good thing. And so like, I, I mentioned Reza Rad. Reza Rad signed up to join. Layla is a member. And I had to send him an email saying, you know I love you, but you cannot be a member of our group. Rejected Reza. Okay, I like it. Broke See, my also, heart. Yeah. Christian also clearly wasn't that offended. So there you go. Yeah. He applied, couldn't yeah. get in. It's, yeah. <laughs> they, all, they all seem to understand. <laughs> True, actually. You can make a whole session about diversity inclusion. That's a very good point. Actually. Yeah, I have a lot of um, sessions that I do at different events. One of them is was the story, um, the only woman in the room. 
Uh, that's the name of the session I, I frequently give because it's it's very different. And um, I cannot imagine um, it, it, a person of color being in 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 there and how difficult it must be mm. to be the only one in the room. So mm. I have occasionally, if I'm at an event like um, a user group, a local user group, and I see someone of color present or even have a small section, if they even slightly impress me, I have summoned up the courage to reach out and send them a message on the sly and say, look, um, <laughs> you know, if you're looking for a mentor for speaking more, I'm deliberately picking you because not only did you impress me, but mm -hmm. you're a person of color and please don't be offended by that, but mm -hmm. we need more. You know? <laughs> We need more more yeah. good people of color who are standing up and and you know showing the world how powerful um, their voice is as well. Very so, impressive. Yeah, that's actually maybe also an interesting point from Jeff that's just come up there. Um, from the outside, he's talking, of course, from the outside. The Tableau community seems more diverse to me from the outside. Put it down to a stronger focus on design over tech in that platform. Hopefully, for Power BI ends up that up there too. That is that is interesting, and um, it's it, it, what's really odd to me is like if you go to some of the Microsoft events, yeah. the the Dynamics family, the ERP systems and CRM mm. systems, um, whatever you want to call the individual elements of of those, those seem to be much more diverse as well, at least when it comes to women, than mm. okay. um, than the more technical, I hate to say more technical, because some of those are very technical. Um, so don't, don't get me wrong on that. But, yeah, um, mean, yeah. Sorry to my friends who um, are in those areas, but the, the ones that are much more developer oriented, should mm -hmm. I say, and like even business central, for example, I see women in the group and I see women speakers, but there is um, this event that they have once a month, the developers. Mm -hmm. It's called the Baronar. It, it's someone out of Poland who runs it. And I go to that. Uh, I haven't been in a while, but I, I used to go regularly every month. And there were a lot of times I was the only woman there mm -hmm. in, you know, 2021, 2022. Mm -hmm. And so it. it the, the more developer-ish, and that is my word, developer-ish, <laughs> um, it seems to be much more white male predominant mm -hmm. and, and, and Asian male predominant um, mm -hmm. and, and then any, any place else. So we need, we need more uh, people of color. Um, if you don't include people of color with Hispanics, then I'm going to include that um, Hispanic people as well and women for sure, members of the LGBTQ. And um, you can't always tell if someone is differently abled, but we definitely need to open up the space for people who are differently abled and, um, and make, that, make that very aware. I, I talk, especially when I do a, a Canvas apps class, I talk about what parts you need to really work on for the differently abled than, than not. And in the case of Power BI, I talk a lot about color themes because, mm. you know, one in 11 men are colorblind. And if you're, you know, chances are, if you look in your office and you count the men, think about how many are colorblind. And so many of them don't even say that they're colorblind. So you have no way of knowing. And uh, so just imagine being a CEO and getting 
the dreaded pie chart and it's just nothing but a gray circle, right? Yeah. There's no lines, no yeah. division. Yeah. It's like, here's the breakdown of ourselves. <laughs> okay. So I keep imagining that in my head. So I mm. think those things are incredibly important. Yeah. Um, Megan Longoria does an unbelievable job sharing information about accessibility. So bravo to Megan. Yeah. I was I, I didn't realize how bad I was at accessibility until I started reading and looking at some of Megan's stuff and I was like, oh, I need to massively improve. I I also yeah. got a DM from someone on Twitter once to say, oh, I've looked at this report. It's really helpful, but can you change this? Because it was kind of, you know, the um, conditional formatting with the circles, mm -hmm. green, orange, red. Mm -hmm. And um, I never thought about that, you know? So it's, yeah, it's massively important to have some kind of representation in that regard. Sure. Microsoft has one accessibility tool that I use every day, okay. constantly throughout the day, and it has helped me dramatically. So in Office, Outlook, Excel even, there is a speak, and I add it to the command line. And so, I, and I use the one in, in, you know, in the browser a lot too, but when mm. I type an email, if I read it back, I, I'm someone who frequently leaves out words. Mm. Um, and so if I read it back, I replace the words in my head. So I don't notice that I'm missing the word the and on and whatever. That's so often. So yeah. I will highlight it and play it back mm. and I can hear it. I hear mm. it and then I can easily fix it. So I use it a lot in Word. I use mm. it in Outlook and it has made the world of difference. It also enables me to focus a little more. So, um, and, and on what I'm paying it and what I'm, you know, working on yeah. at the time. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's something I use a lot. If someone sends me a contract and it's in a PDF, I am copying it and pasting it into word and playing it back and listening to it so I can focus on it and pay attention and really understand what it's saying. So that that's sense. an accessibility yeah. feature I use a lot. And I shared it with my niece mm. who's in college now and it's helping her. Um, she has dyslexia. And so it's a big help for someone who has dyslexia. And so it's, I just can't, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much benefit I derive from speak, this speak. Very cool. No, it's, yep. it's a good tip. Uh, yep. The only time I ever use that is accidentally, to be honest, when I'm using like Edge, and I'll accidentally click on the button and it starts shouting at me. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And I, I realize what's going on. Um, yeah, but yeah, the browser bit... ones really haven't, um, for the way I use them, they really mm. haven't worked out that great for me. Okay. I do use the edge one sometime, but I prefer to copy the text and paste it into word if I can. And yeah. otherwise I'll just use the edge one. Yeah. It's a good idea. Also, you mentioned yourself writing the emails because I do it so often. I even do it with tweets. I'll be writing something and I've got to read it back. And as you say, you replace the missing words because you know it mm -hmm. should be there. Mm -hmm. The number of times I write something and there's a glaring error because mm -hmm. my brain is just that, yep, that's fine. And um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've been known to sit there on occasion and actually read out loud the stuff to myself that I'm going, that I'm typing. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really annoying about that is sometimes, so my German is pretty decent. But my, my written German is very poor. Um, I never studied it. Um, so it's probably like the German that a seven-year-old child would write, you know? So I'll, I'll write something in English, and then I'll just 
translate it in DeepL, you know? But if you miss a word, it completely ruins the translation or completely changes the meaning of the oh. translation. So I can go, I'll translate it, but then I'll go through and I'll check the translation to make sure. But it's, again, it's quite easy to kind of overlook and make a complete, complete fool out of yourself. Another thing that I'll do sometimes if I'm writing, I'll write an email and I'll write best regards, Ben Ferry at the end, I'll copy and paste that in and it translates my name from the English word for ferry to the German word for ferry. And I forget about it. So I literally translate my own name which um, gets quite embarrassing when I send out an email with, and it's very obvious that I've used a translation tool because instead of Ben Ferry, it's Ben and then the German word for ferry. That makes me feel quite foolish. Um, so yeah, yes, it's uh, important ah, to check I these see things. That, yeah. 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 Well, probably me go by both names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the things that happens surprisingly often is I'll write an email with, with Ben Ferry and for some reason they'll reply and say, dear Mr. Berry. Um, I don't know why. So I have people who, who literally call me Barry because a number of times I get Mr. Barry back. I, I don't know where that comes from, but it's what happens. Um, I've got a question I'm going to bring up. That's okay. Um, yeah. From Fernando, are you going to start getting on the road again for in-person presentations more often? Yeah, I, I, um, I started last October. Actually, it's funny. My husband had a shirt made. Um, a Belinda, uh, Ms. Belinda Allen with my logo live 2022 with the four conferences I went to cool. in, um, in August or in October and September and October. So that was kind of funny. Um, I, I am planning on it. I mm. toyed briefly with going to sequel bits and cool. my session did not get selected so i said nope then i'm gonna wait because i wasn't mm -hmm. we just have a lot going on at home right mm -hmm. now but i am gonna start going to a few more um will slowly but surely i am mm -hmm. um yeah i i think it was a bit much um <laughs> going to four in a matter of a four week um yeah, or five week window but yeah it was it was a lot um, but it, um, but yeah, I think, I think I plan on starting Good. more, So we'll Very see. Nice. Hopefully I'll get closer to where you are, Fernando. Um, definitely <laughs> let you know when I hit down Texas and New Mexico, get closer, closer that way. I see, I saw Jeff put something that we need to save space for people who like pie charts. Well, and, yeah, that um, right. yeah, yeah. so, um, <laughs> I do like pie charts, Jeff, but I'm very cautious about them. Because if there's ever a possibility for a negative number, then I don't want a pie chart to be what's That's a very, very valid point. Yes. So this is that. why I don't like pie charts. Just yeah. just to be safe, just don't use them. But yes, they are. Yeah. There's the, the, the great pie chart debate, right? Are they good? It are is. they bad? Are they okay? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so for... for some of you that may be new to Power BI, you want to make a whole lot of people groan, just say, oh, you're putting a pie chart on your Power BI report. And then three quarters of the room will just groan. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Just, it'll be, it'll like start some kind of like large battle between the different factions of the, um, the, the pie chart grouping, you know? Oh, and then the uh, 3D exploding pie charts are like, well, you know, I always say if you want, if you work in politics, then you need 3D charts. Um, because you can change it to look any way you want it to look without changing the numbers. You just change the 
the tilt of Change it. The angle. Or, yeah, and you can make it look, <laughs> if you're in politics, 3D is great. Otherwise, don't use them. <laughs> Are you adding professor to your job title, professor of data? Yeah, modeling? he saw he saw my tweet today. So um, I saw you're having Mike Carlo on. Um, yes, coming I am. up. So Mike, he lives in Milwaukee, and he does mm. for the continuing ed for. Uh, University of, of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, he does a Power BI course, an introduction mm. course that's part of their certification program for data. And um, starting my first class is Monday, I am doing the second part. And it tickles me to no end because knowing Mike and knowing me, Mike, I should be doing the intro and Mike should be doing the data modeling, but somehow we have it just the opposite. So um, I am, as I wouldn't call me professor, but <laughs> I, I am doing the, um, the, for the same courses. So yeah, data modeling is mine. It's, they're not a very, it's not a very long course. It's, it's basically four days, but mm. um, we spend an annoying amount of time on data modeling and why the star mm. scheme is important and, and how to really get your data to, to work out. So, yeah. So it's part two to Mike's course. So cool. Mike has been, uh, I understand, super successful um, at, at with that course. So That's they cool. were all excited to get a second one, and he, Mike just didn't have time to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the data modeling um, theme, the the the, um, the star schema, was something that I'd never really heard about when I first moved across to this BI Power BI mm -hmm. world. So it was quite a, it was interesting. It was quite fascinating to kind of learn to understand and the challenge of actually creating it sometimes. So it's always nice to kind of hear, read about it and see the, the extreme opinions that exist on this because I was so oblivious. It's like, you know, I think I, I wasn't as bad as one big table, but um, the importance of was something or the impact that it can have was, was something that I wasn't really aware of for quite a while. The, the phrasing of data modeling, I think gets a lot of people confused because when mm. they think of data modeling, they're thinking of building a database, perhaps in SQL Server, or building a database in um, in you know MongoDB or whatever they're building their database in. And so mm. the whole concept of doing data modeling, I think, throws a lot of people. And mm. so um, yeah, that's um, yeah. that that's that's quite the big deal. I know when my husband started in with Power BI with me, um, being a developer, he. He was of that hmm. brain thought, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't, you know, I know how to data model. I'm like, no, you know how to build a database. <laughs> you know how to model a database. This is not exactly the same thing. Modeling to get your data to work better within a BI tool doesn't hmm. matter if it's Power BI or the one that starts with a T or something else. You know, you still got to organize it in, in a much more functional way. Hmm. Um, a functional way it has to be done a lot differently and so uh, yeah it's i think that is what throws a lot of people but yeah so um and it's just fun to me and um yeah just it's just that's the most fun part to me the visuals are probably the least fun, least fun part to me for sure the visuals did you say yeah, they're the least fun to me. The data modeling to me is just really cool. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I love taking it and molding it, you know, and, 
and you know you add in a little piece here and a little piece here like one of the things what i do a lot with financials or one of the things i do is i use the um, inner data feature to get the layout that mm. i want i don't okay. pull it from anywhere else i mm. build it inherently inside of and um, in, inside of the data set and so just being able to do that and connect it all together is just I'm a nerd, I know, but um, much, much fun to me. You're a nerd. We're all nerds. You're in fantastic yes, company. True. I can assure you of that. <laughs> if if you enjoy data modeling to that extent, how do you feel about Power BI always having switched on by default to create the connections between the tables when you first load the data? Have I upset wow. you? <laughs> um, I frequently forget to turn it off before oh, I start. Yeah. For the most part, on the initial run, mm. I'm okay because I don't okay. always. I I start with a a subset of the data. If I'm mm. going to connect to ten data sources, I don't connect to all ten right away. Yeah, okay. So at that point, I usually turn it off <laughs> after mm. I connect the first time. Um, I'm okay with it. Okay. I'm okay with it. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay, okay. with it. I think that's, I that's, think I'm okay with it. That one doesn't bother me that much. I know a lot of people immediately turn it off. I usually mm -hmm. do turn it off after I bring in the first bit of data, but um, it doesn't it doesn't make me crazy. And because I do so much training, I leave like some of that stuff on, which is mm -hmm. quite annoying that yeah when I'm doing real work because you know I have I don't want to have to remember to reset everything. You know, from it would be nice if there was a global on and off, though, not for every yeah. single report that you build. Like right. with auto daytime, you can do it and switch it off for all yeah. future reports as well. But for some reason, not with the modeling part. Yeah, um, for yeah. sure. Fair enough. So, for sure. um, one second. Here, do you know, do you like data marts? Very straightforward question. Be as be as thorough with that question as you as you want. Um, I honestly, um, sorry, Microsoft. I have not played with them yet. And the reason I haven't played with them yet is, well, one, I haven't had time in the last month. And prior to that, people I trust said they're looking cool, but they're not ready for prime time yet. And I thought, right. well, I have other things I need to work on. So yeah. I'm going to stay out of the data, data marts for now. So I um, just haven't done much with them, although um, many of the people on the call are part of a group, I, including the person who asked that, Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? What are you, you know, what about this? Um, mm -hmm. Like last week we got distracted with chat G, uh, GPT, but. Um, oh, that's the, yeah. 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 That's the, the, the big topic at the moment. Everything, every, I think I'm the only person in the world who hasn't actually used chat GPT yet. Never. I, I tried it when we were in our Saturday morning learning session mm -hmm. and um, it was, it was funny. The first thing I asked was, What's the difference between explicit and implicit measures in Power BI? I said, write a paragraph on it. And it wrote a nice paragraph and okay. it was correct. And then I wrote a question about how to create DAX. And it actually gave me three different options for DAX, including code I could copy, which is pretty cool. And then because we were getting ready to watch the uh, guy in a cube, I said, you know, what presentations have been done by Patrick LeBlanc of Microsoft? And I got a nice list. Then someone in the group said, see what presentations you've done. And it said, basically, I've never heard of her. I mean, so, How rude. <laughs> so after that, I was like, okay, well, I'll leave that alone. 
Oh, I love it. Um, you mentioned this um, Saturday morning, this SML Saturday morning learning. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk? I'm, I'm always really curious about this. I'm like where it started and what you do because it, I know that this is really dedicated group to this this SML. Um, please it inform is, us. It is a serious group of dedicated people. So, or at least. 20 to 30 of us are super dedicated. It's a good number. Um, yeah, yeah. There's probably about, I'm guessing maybe 80. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that in the group. Some people show up and every now and then. Um, Jessica Jolly, who is a Microsoft certified trainer, started mm. it. She was watching, okay. I guess, SML. And I believe the story is, because she invited me in later, that they were like, oh, we need to have a place where we can... Um, you know, study together maybe before a guy in a cube and meet and help each other. And this group grew. And what is so amazing about these individuals is we have all become very close. Mm -hmm. um, we support each other in major ways. I mean, I, I know I've done this and I know Kristen who's on the call has done this. And I know Kevin is on the call has done this. When we have like a new session we're doing, We'll ask the group, is anyone willing to come in and join or watch watch me perform this and give me tips? And and that's exactly what happens. You had Sue Bays on before. Wow. Sue's a regular member. Mm -hmm. um, it, and we it, the team, show, everyone shows up for each other yeah. and helps each other. And so we, we started out more flat out learning than we mm. did anything else. We did a lot of books. Um, and the books were like, we would take do lessons. Like we did Gil Raviv's book on Power Query and we would do lessons mm. uh, before and then get together and talk about what the lessons that we did. And um, occasionally we invite guest speakers. Like we invited uh, Marco Russo one time. That was a lot of fun. And um, we've had quite a few amazing guest speakers mm. and the um and sometimes though we have no plan at all we'll get on just like we did last saturday or even if we have a plan and i'll say hey you guys who's what, what are you thinking about chat gpt and then next thing you know we take off in that direction and we go with it so um, there's always something valuable that mm -hmm. we get out of it but it is it is a dedicated group of people who become really good friends and who are committed to each other and committed to learning and so um, a lot of fun. And it, it's really interesting because, um, yeah, Donna, we don't need no stinking plans. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, it's really kind of interesting when I go on something like, like even this and I look and I see my friends, I see, yeah. you know, I see people I love on there. I was like, yeah, that's so cool. Friends. And, um, and we chat with each other and we help each other and we support each other. So um, it's, and people know us because we hashtag ourselves all the time, SML. This is the thing. This is why it's so known. I, we were watching the guy in the cube or, or he want to have someone on that. This, I think, also saw some of before. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. SML, everything. It's just. Yep. 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 It's and, cool. uh, and it is. It, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, both Patrick and Adam know the SML group. Mm. Um, it, actually, for SQL Bits this year, um, Matthew Roche reached out to us and, and came to one of our meetings and was talking to us about selecting. And um, I know Kevin, who just showed his name and uh, mm. a couple other people helped him with selection of sessions for SQL bits. And so, uh, because people just know we got this like whole um, method, uh, is your mm. dog snoring again? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, we got this whole method of, or just, you know, dedication to learning, dedication to each other and dedication to the community. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it, it's obviously within Power BI, there is a community, but it's nice to know that there's also this part of the community that aren't just, you know, they're kind of talking and ideas actually feel close mm -hmm. to one another. And it's a really fantastic mm -hmm. thing that you can create something like that and, and, and have those, those connections and through something that is just at the end of the day, a, a tool that you use for work and then you meet new people. And as you say yourself, you're sitting here now and you have all these people who you care deeply about and have helped you and, and you help them. It's just, it's a lovely oh, yeah. example of what you can they're, achieve through that sort of thing. They're such good friends. I show up in my PJs every Saturday morning and uh, Kristen Guzon, he shows up, he makes me mad because, you know, it's afternoon. So he's sometime drinking wine, but he, that doesn't make me mad. What makes me mad is he's out skiing on vacation. And, and instead of just saying, I'm not coming this week because I'm on vacation, he'll mm. call us briefly and mm. then scan around at the snowy mountains just to make us jealous. And so he makes That's me cold. Well and happy. It is cold, isn't it? Yes. Oh man, I love and it. And yet That's we still call him friend. Something's wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, that's really cool. Nice group. Yeah. Uh, I remember the, the first time, I think the first time I was watching Guy in the Cube, I was like, SML, what is SML? What am I, what am I missing? I was going through and then I think finally on, on Twitter or something, I didn't understand. I was like, Saturday now morning learning. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it is. It is a very, um, Jessica, she really did something quite amazing. And so um, I can't, mm. can't thank her enough for that. And so, yeah. Is she still part of the group or? Um... She is still part of okay. the group. Um, she definitely is. Mm. She's there most of the time, <laughs> not all the time, but, uh, but yes, yeah, she is still part of the, part of the group. So yeah, she's very still cool. our mother so to speak. So oh, that would make Very me the nice. crazy aunt. So <laughs> <laughs> you know better than me. <laughs> but we, uh, but it, we definitely learn from each other and build on each other. Um, Chris Wagner is also part of the group. And ah, okay, Chris, cool. Yeah. And um, a, a lot of Chris's documentations he does it, it happen because if there's no guy in a cube on a day, we'll stick around after yeah. and he creates PowerPoints and things like that. And he's always gracious and sharing credit on them. And so um, mm. like I'm going through one of his now for mm. some sessions that I'm going to be working on uh, his, his wireframing, which really is more about not just so much wireframing for Power BI, but the whole um, planning process for Power BI itself. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to a question that Jeff asked a while ago. I'm going to bring okay. it up because it's Jeff's favorite question and I would feel so rude not to bring it up. So there you go. Okay. Um, what's your number one missing feature in Power BI? I think it's the only question we ask every week because Jeff asks it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, it's, it's coming soon. Uh, right. But it is the ability to export the, um, nicely into Excel and easily into Excel to share that data. Um, I see a lot of people wanting that feature and I know paginated reports gives you some capabilities of that profit base um, mm. out of Norway. It's, um, I, I normally don't bring up um, ISV products that have additional charge, but uh, they are one of my favorite add-on visuals. Um, and 
they have their product for printing, like they do really nice work for financial statements and uh, profit base has the ability is, is in beta the ability to export the financial statements in Excel. So I am like jumping for joy. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. But I think that's probably the single biggest thing that I see missing now. And I'm really, really grateful that they are including that in. Um, and then I'll probably start, you know, obsessing about something else <laughs> as well. So, um, but yeah, I think that's probably one of my, one of my favorite features. I'd like to see maybe even the matrix be a little more flexible and things we can do with it. I'd like yeah. to see potentially some more of that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would that. think, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to see them incorporate more um, easy to use AI visuals like the decomp tree. Um, I love the key influencer. It's a little mm. for my typical user end user. It's a little more. Mm. I mean, it's just like, you know, just over the line more, not a lot more. But but the decomp tree is something so easy. And mm. it blows people away when they start playing with it. So um, I think that's I think that's pretty powerful. So I'd like to potentially see more of that. So yeah. After the, the decomp tree is probably the best visualization that I never use, because I know it's very good, um, and I forget about it quite often. And I just think it's the sort of thing I haven't really that often had a case to use. Um, but when it's there, when I remember that it's there, and when I when I try, okay, look, let's let's see, it is. It's a it's a very it's a nice it's a nice visualization, and the matrix as well. I would also say that though I enjoy creating interesting visualizations and using Deneb, so I do think that the matrix is just generally the best visualization because you can just display data very nicely, and you can do you can make it look very very different just playing around with the. Mm -hmm. the settings, the formatting, etc. So I think I, for me, the most flexible and the easiest to use is probably the matrix. So if it could do more. Yeah, I, one of my favorite things to do with the matrix is to build some DAX um, functions mm -hmm. that allow me to uh, do con in more interesting conditional formatting in, mm -hmm. inside of the matrix itself, but, and, and talking about underutilized. Okay. So Deneb is something that I just haven't dipped my toe into, yeah. into yet. Uh, Sue Bays, I know you're a big fan of it. Sue Bays is a big it. fan of it. And I need to, uh, I need to dig into it a little bit more, but um, I, I think the most underutilized tool is the simple Q and A. And I love for new Probably. users to put a Q and four Q and A visuals on a single page and let them make their own dashboard. And then once they get it exactly the way they want, they can pin it down uh, and now they have their own custom dashboard. And mm -hmm. I think that is seriously one of the most underutilized uh, visuals in, in the power of EI deck period. That's Probably, yeah, yeah, you're probably and right. It's I, so I simple, and you could just, you know, just show them a few things, like, hey, mm -hmm. change this, and take time because that Q and A tooling feature, the ability to, you know, put synonyms on phrases and mm -hmm. monitor what people are asking. I mean, you can get if you just monitor what people are asking inside of the Q and A, then you're getting as a de a design person or a dev person, you're getting like 
free access into what they want to know. That's a good point. So it is, in my mind, a seriously um, underutilized tool. And, Mm. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty controllable. So, um, and I just, I just think it's pretty powerful. If the, if end users have, have, the option to use the, the ability to use the QA, do you think maybe it's a bit much if someone doesn't have a lot of experience? Do you think maybe no, you could, could you potentially could, you confuse could them? Your own, you could put in your own suggested questions. And oh, okay, so the whole experience okay. could be mm. pick the question that interests you. And because if you put four mm. of them on there and you mm. and they instantly have the ability um they instantly, Fernandez, right? I'm watching the chat in there. They instantly have the ability to um, have interactivity between them as well. So mm-hmm. they're seriously creating their own report by being cool. able to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that tip. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I cool. like it. Thank you. For yeah, that. It, and you know, it was one of the earliest things out there. Of course, it was only when it first came out. It was only in the dashboard. It wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. a visual in the system, but yeah. um, so simple. And my favorite thing, is, yeah, put the put your own suggested questions in, and then you're making a report that people can really understand. That I, you know, it's like, okay, what do I want to know? Here's a list of questions. Yeah, I want to know that. Mm-hmm. I want to know that. And then now they have this report that they can totally understand on their own. So, nice. Yep. Love That's that. A cool tip. Yeah. Very nice. Um, are you a fan of calculation groups? Just going to bang out some questions now. I like them. Um, yeah, I do like them. Yep. Yeah. I think they're pretty cool. I don't use them a lot because, again, working with the SMB audience, a lot of times mm. they're smaller businesses getting mm. um, it, does it doesn't always work out for them. But I do like them a lot. Yes, I do. What about then? There's also some similar but in the same area. Do you like field parameters? Do you use them often? Okay. I'm, yeah, I know you're talking about the new field parameter. Um, yeah, I suppose. And I have not implemented that anywhere yet. Mm. And I have no reason why I haven't, um, except that I've been a chicken running around um, chasing my tail. That's the only reason I haven't. So um, I, I want to. And every time uh, we talk about them, Fernando, on, on Saturday, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel and so, and every time I hear him, I'm like the same thing, but you know, I'm in my car, you know, and listening to a podcast, I'm like, Oh yeah, I need that. But I, I, I love that concept because it's of its simplicity. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I kind of view them as kind of like a, a, a gateway into calculation groups, kind of not like a halfway step, you know? You could do some fantastic, fantastic things with them, but for those who don't use whatever tabular editor, it's, much more user-friendly, say, to do with with with, with the, the field parameters, and uh, they are quite cool. Though probably the same that you I maybe use them once or twice, but there are so many different things, they're new things that you haven't used before, so you have to really just intentionally go there and do it. And because of habits or or time, yeah, there's so many of these things. Oh, you haven't done that before. That that that's on my list of things to do or my list of things to learn. And that list sometimes has. I had I had Python out there for a long time, and I'm Whoa. like, no. <laughs> no, especially when I saw Deneb, I'm like, no, nope. yeah. yeah. sorry, Python. I think you're powerful and awesome, but next. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, was it Ruth from Kerbal? She got really into Python, yeah? Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, she was doing lots of like posts about Python, but I was the same. I, I had on my, it was for me for a while, it was really up there. And I did a, like a one day, two day kind of like intro to Python type thing. And then I did the standard thing where then I didn't use it. So then I immediately forgot like literally every single thing. Um, so, yeah. And with, with, with Deneb, people, you talk about Deneb and um, what Fernando is also mentioning and uh, Deneb, it's just because it was right there on my computer. I could access the documentation. I could do what I needed to do, which was a, to copy and paste, um, which made it much easier to learn. I, like, if I copy and paste this and I change that, that changes there. And you can kind of like create your own journey of understanding how these elements work together, you know? And for me, it was much less abstract than something like Python, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yes, yes, I, I, I know exactly. And every time, like Sue Bay showed us when she was learning Deneb, she would show us what she was working on and blew mm. my mind away. And mm. I wanted to get in on it. And every time I see something that Mike Carlo does with it, I'm just mind blown. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, Deneb, Deneb, Deneb. So yeah. I, cause I know once I learn it, it's going to become a hammer in my toolbox. I have no For question. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, the way I use it, it's not even close to how some people like, obviously like Kerry and, um, I'm going to immediately forget everyone's name as I, as I always do. But there's some of the things that I see posted on, on Twitter, on LinkedIn are just like amazing. I mean, I use Vega Lite. They're using Vega to create really proper like infographic stuff, which I think is just spectacular. And now I'm like, here's an interesting bar chart. Um, you know, so it's, <laughs> but it's just, it, 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 it's a nice thing to go. I mean, I think for me going to, to Vega from Vega Lite, even that would from itself just be a step as well. And for a while I was looking at um, D3, I think it was some, I shouldn't, I, was, I looked at that. I was like, no, I know for a fact, I do not have the mental capacity to learn that. Let's just <laughs> know my limitations. Yeah. And it sounds like when I took a C sharp course, um, okay, yeah. <laughs> every morning I was like, oh, I've got this. And yeah. every, at the end of every day, um, forgive my language. I was like, what the hell was I thinking? And so um, that's the way it went. And I, I, I still think with my T-SQL knowledge, if I could use some of the T-SQL uh, cheats on it, um, I could write something, but I would be crying and you'd have to hold a gun to my head at, for me to do it. And and the crying would have nothing to do with a gun and everything to do with C-sharp. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I, I might I even look and say, shoot me, shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw on, on Twitter the other day, someone posted and said, some, I'm not sure what the context was that um, HTML was relevant again. And I was like, is it? Because I haven't touched HTML since I was like 15 years old, um, which is a long time ago. Well, there's um, an HTML visual for Power BI, or at least it yeah, used to Yeah, I know. I could really, and I really, I mean, I used to, I, I made websites, of course, you know, not fantastic websites, but decent. I, I, could, I can make any way around with HTML. So if that... Yeah, maybe I, should, I could try that as well. HTML, Visual, and Power BI. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it was good fun. I used to enjoy doing a bit. That's probably the first thing that I learned to do with computers, other than um, batch files to scare my parents. So I used to, I create these batch files that when my computer started up, or the family computer, as we had back then, the family, whatever it is, 386486, mm -hmm. it would start up and it would say, um, there has been an error press the space bar to continue and you'd press the space bar and it would just say your your hard drive has now been formatted nothing would happen of course they would just say that and it would scare <laughs> my parents and it was just such good fun for me you know? 
Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Yeah, yep. it was so cruel of me. <laughs> yeah, I bat files. Well, I hadn't thought about those in a long time. Um. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I go I to like the. Have, I do still have one oldie in the goodies. Um, Excellent. This was my first PDA. This was like. Um, I love it. There really weren't cell phones then. Mm -hmm. This is a, a Hewlett Packard. This is the Windows one. And when I open it, I don't know if the microphone will pick up, but it creaks. I don't know if you nice, can hear yeah, that. But yeah, it had um, Windows on it. And um, it actually worked with a, um, here it is. It worked with a PC MCIA card. If no any way. of you remember those. That's so, so cool. Yeah, and it had a stylus. So uh, here's the stylus. So a great big stylus. And um, it amazing. had the screen. It was funny. So if I ran Excel on it, you could probably only see about 24 cells. It was that <laughs> small. Um, so um, and it's heavier than my phone. But, you know, look, it's like, you know, not mm. pretty. Oh, yeah, pretty. <laughs> I can't get rid of this. It's just like, you know, it's like, a, it's like it's, it's a relic. And I love, I love how it's, still has the DOS version of this. I was just going to say, that's so cool. I sometimes when I'm using Windows, I'll just open command prompt so I can feel like I've gone home to DOS, you know, <laughs> it's like, ah, yes, this is where my heart lives, you know, back, back when I knew what was going on. Even at a docking station, right? Anyhow. Love it. Yeah, I love how you have these things on your shelf just to kind of list is these mementos. <laughs> seeing that. Yes, I love seeing it. Um, the um, I always say to people that PowerShell is just DOS grown up. And some they just get so upset. <laughs> it just cracks me up. <laughs> It's like, okay, it's not an operating system, but come on. It's command-based. <laughs> That's DOS, dude. You know? Oh, man. That's fantastic. I we used it. to help people back up by saying, okay, go to the command prompt, back up, space, yeah. C, yeah. colon. And yeah, so no. CD was... backslash, et cetera, all the, all the time. Yes. Yes. And, and I and unfortunately ran into people who actually would write the word star instead of putting the asterisk or the star or write out the word dot instead of press, you know, yeah. entering the period. And <sighs> yes, yeah. so, sometimes I just have a, a craving to go back and go to open QBasic and play gorillas and stuff. Um, these the the original the original games that I was playing when I was I remind you of like playing with like on my dad's computer. I, I don't know how I find QBasic. And to be honest, I'm still not entirely what I was supposed to use QBasic for, other than playing Gorillas, which was the best game I can ever remember playing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm aging myself with this conversation. I love to see another QBasic fan. Maybe he yeah. knows what I was actually meant to do with QBasic. <laughs> there you go. What did you use it for, Donald? Yeah, tell us. Maybe yeah. just like playing Gorillas, just like me, just like having that blue screen and then going and going to play it, find a game. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, I that I loved. I I thought that was cool. And um, and what was funny is the Palm Pilot was so mm. much less money, and I think people gravitated toward the Palm Pilot, even though that was so much more powerful mm. and full featured. And then, so then a lot of the developing went to Palm Pilot, and I had a feeling it had to do with cost. And mm. so then it just 
completely confused me when the iPad came out at a much higher price. And everyone's like, oh, got to have an iPad. And I'm like, why are you getting an iPad? It's just a bigger phone. And so, <laughs> of course, I have an iPad. I finally broke down. I got an iPad and I love it too. But yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I am. Um, when my current, I have a, 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 a small, not, not a tablet, it's a small laptop that I carry around. And I, I have a, a bad, um, about history with like these like small laptop devices. The last one that I had before my current one, it was actually an amazing device. I loved it. Um, but my daughter used it to call one of her friends during, um, I think the, the main lockdown, I can't remember how many there were now, but the, mm -hmm. the big one went on for the longest. And she was calling one of her friends and Skype and her friend um, had to go and have dinner. And my daughter was so frustrated. She grabbed the computer and she, squeezed it and she just cracked the screen you know Ooh. um which she did get into a decent amount of trouble for though you know the frustration of lockdown i, I did understand um i just remember she said to me she's like oh but dad why obviously she was young doesn't understand she's like why are you so angry it's just the small one <laughs> it's like <laughs> i think you don't understand it with technology the small does not mean the, the least expensive one you know <laughs> oh it's like yeah so like she, had, she, she has this box of horses that she plays with. And I was like, when her punishment was like, I'm taking away your box of horses until I can get myself a new laptop. Um, so yeah, it didn't last very long, to be honest. I, I felt bad about doing, <laughs> bad about doing that. <laughs> and then the, the one that I re replace it with, it's um, the hinges broke. So I'm carrying around this laptop and I'm like nursing it because the screen's about to actually fall away from the keyboard. Uh, yeah, so I think next time I'm just going to get like some kind of tab or oh, I don't know. It's not a choice. Yeah, How old my daughter is? Um, my daughter is nine years old, but she was seven when that happened. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, this has been a fantastic chat. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, um, there's, there's, there's things that, that I was going to bring up, which I didn't, but I don't care because every, everything that we spoke about, I enjoyed very much. And it was very informative. Yeah. And um, I'll simply say thank you very much for, for joining, for taking your time out. It's, it's been thank you so much for inviting me. I'm quite sure. honored. Yeah. Absolutely. It's my, my pleasure. And for everyone in the chat asking all the questions as ever, very grateful. And um, to the, the SML crew and everyone else who's not in the SML crew, very, thank you very much for joining. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wherever you are in the world, have a, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs>